Hello, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about a mold avoidance sabbatical. And this is actually a gift to mold illness patients. A lot of people think of the sabbatical as sort of like a difficult thing to do, or they're confused by it, or they wish there was just a laboratory test. Um, but a mold avoidance sabbatical actually is a really awesome thing. And um, one of the things that happens to Lyme disease patients and mold illness patients and chronic fatigue syndrome patients and people with chronic disease over the years is there's not a lot of clarity in their diagnosis. A lot of people wonder, you know, do I have heavy metals? Do I have infections? Do I have, you know, hormone issues? And you never quite really figure that out, even though you've spent $50,000 on testing, you still don't really know. Well, I've got good news for you. Um, you can know if you have mold illness, and you can know quite easily without spending very much money. You just have to think outside of the box a little bit. And so this tool was developed as sort of a diagnostic way to know if you are being affected by mold and if your home is hurting you and is toxic. Or you can spend all of your time and money and energy doing fancy laboratory tests and still never finding anything out at all because the tests don't really know what they're looking for and probably 95% of the mold that hurts us isn't properly tested for. Um, either they haven't identified the strains of mold in their laboratories, you know, they don't have a test for that mold, or the mold isn't being captured by the test. There are some tests that are a little bit accurate, but the benefit of a mold sabbatical is it gives you a toolbox. You know, if you have a positive mold test, it still doesn't really tell you how reactive you are to mold and how much your belongings are going to bother you and if it's your whole, you know, house and yard and your neighbor's house too. So a mold avoidance sabbatical basically kills like 50 birds with the same stone, if you will, if you'll accept that analogy. And so um, a couple days ago, I did this podcast on why we should accept the rules of mold avoidance rather than trying to make them up on our own. And it took me a while to learn to just follow the rules and get better rather than trying to make stuff up. So one of the rules of mold avoidance that actually is a very good rule is that if you suspect you have mold illness, you should do a mold avoidance sabbatical. Uh, let me spend a minute just defining what the sabbatical is. The best way to get the most thorough description of it is in the book, A Beginner's Guide to Mold Avoidance by Eric Johnson and Lisa Petrison. That sort of has, you know, all the details, but I'm just going to give a little overview of it. Basically, what happens when you're living in mold is your body sort of gives up on fighting it and you don't know you're being exposed to it. In, in a healthy person, um, the body can just deal with the mold and detox it out and get rid of it. But in sick people, the body just starts storing up the mold in the tissues and doesn't detox it out. And it just starts building up and making you sicker and sicker. It also turns off detoxification for heavy metals and biotoxins and Lyme infections and everything else. So you just become this giant walking toxic mess. Um, so the goal of a mold avoidance sabbatical is to take a break from your environment. So you basically have to get away from everything that you interact with on a daily basis. You have to get away from your car, your clothing, your home, um, you know, as many items as you can leave behind, the better. Some people try to take their phone if they wipe it down, but 
basically you just want to get away from all of this stuff. If you bring, you know, an old backpack or, um, you know, your, I don't know, some wardrobe items, it's, it's potentially going to mess up the results of the mold sabbatical. But I do understand that it can't be done perfectly. So, you know, people should just do the best you can. Uh, this may mean going to Walmart and buying $50 worth of new clothes, not worrying about the style or if you like them, just doing it and renting a car and heading off to a hotel room or somewhere, you know, maybe even in a different city to sort of get away from your whole region a little bit, but that's not always necessary. And then you spend a few weeks there being clear of those toxins that maybe are in your home. And what happens is the body does something called unmasking. This is a established event in the mold avoidance community. Thousands of people have experienced this and it's where after that break, you go back to your house, your car, your stuff, and if you react to it, meaning you have unpleasant reactions to your environment, your car, your house, your clothes, your stuff, that means you have a mold problem. And that's a very useful tool to knowing what to do next. Now, you should know that it's better to have a plan in place for when you get back from the mold sabbatical so that if you cannot tolerate your house anymore, your car, your stuff, your clothes, that you aren't sleeping on the street that night. That's sort of what happened to me. I did not have a plan in place because I sort of took an accidental sabbatical. I didn't even know I was on a sabbatical. Um, you can read my story in my book, Lyme Disease Supercharge. I also have some free videos on my story on my YouTube channel, Lyme Disease Publisher. And I got back and I couldn't sleep in my house. I ended up sleeping in the guest bedroom for half the night and then sleeping in the car for the other half the night. And then Luckily, my parents live in the same town, and I was able to sleep there for a month after that. I never slept in my house again, but some people might not have a backup sleeping place like their parents' house, so you should have a backup plan. That's discussed more in the book, The Beginner's Guide to Mold Avoidance, of having a backup plan. So when you complete a mold sabbatical, um, the better you can do it, meaning bringing fewer of your items and getting more clear and maybe even doing it in a tent uh, or, or you know, somewhat of a camping environment, the more clear you can get of civilization, of potential mold exposure, the more likely you are to be successful in having, in, in knowing if mold is affecting you. If you take your car and your backpack and a few pairs of clothes and you stay at your next door neighbor's house, which maybe is infected with the same mold your house is, that's sort of an ineffective sabbatical where you may not have the results that you're looking for. So when you come back to your house, if you have reactions to your house and it makes you sick, then you know you're one of these people that has this mold illness. And that means that you have a very specific problem. And there's a lot of, thankfully, Lisa Petterson and Eric Johnson have created a lot of resources for people with this problem. Back when they were learning this, they didn't really know all the answers and they had to sort of make it up as they go and figure it all out. And they're two very smart individuals who did a lot of experiments and research over the years. So you can, you know, sort of learn from their work or reinvent the wheel if you want and make it up yourself and figure it all out. But I would suggest learning from what they know. So in the context of a larger recovery picture, a mold avoidance sabbatical is one of the most important things you can do. It's more important than any treatment or therapy or, you know, some people say, well, I just want to finish, 
you know, doing my saunas for a month and then I'll do a mold sabbatical or I want to finish, you know, whatever. I've heard a lot of people recently, oh, I'll do a mold, mold sabbatical after I do this supplement or after I do this whatever. Um, I would suggest that people who suspect they have a mold problem put the mold sabbatical at the top of their priority list because if you are mold toxic and you do have this issue, then nothing else you do is really going to help you that much until you identify the mold and get out of the mold. It's kind of like putting the cart before the horse to try other stuff first. Um, when you have established that you react to your house, then you can sort of take the next steps. And there are a lot of next steps. You don't have to make it up as you go. There are ways to deal with that problem. But basically, this puts you in a new category of illness sufferers now. Now you have a clear answer about what you can do to get better. One of the things I will mention is that I made a podcast about this a few days ago, so you guys should look at my all of my podcast episodes. I usually try to keep them pretty short. But one of the things I mentioned in a previous podcast is that this clue is a very important one if you have a positive result from your mold sabbatical, meaning that you find out that you react to mold. A lot of us sick people are used to trying a supplement. It helps for a few weeks, then it doesn't help, and we move from thing to thing. I would encourage you, if you have... If you do a mold sabbatical and you react to mold in your house, that you don't just move on to the next thing. That you take that very seriously because it can be the underlying root cause of all of your chronic health problems. And so it's one of the clues you shouldn't just, you know, shrug off and move on to the next supplement or the next doctor or whatever. Um, having a reacting to mold is a very specific thing that tells you a lot about what's going on. It's very different than than having like a pine pollen allergy or being allergic to cats or something. If you're allergic to cats or dogs or pine pollen, it usually means your immune system is just sort of messing up and um, there's really nothing dangerous about cat hair or pine pollen or whatever and your immune system is just sort of not identifying that as a safe substance and it's reacting to it and probably the best thing for you to do is take an antihistamine or just avoid cats or whatever. It's not a big deal. Reacting to mold is different than that. It is not an allergy. It is a toxicity, meaning that once you start reacting to mold, your body is probably already loaded with mold and this mold is feeding chronic infections and slowing down oxygen flow to your tissues and allowing chronic disease to be established. And so um, it, think of it as the tip of the iceberg. When you have a pollen allergy, it's not necessarily the tip of the iceberg. That may just be a little superficial problem that you don't need to take very seriously. But a mold reaction after a sabbatical is kind of like standing on a little teeny corner of an iceberg where there's this gargantuan mountain of health problems underneath the surface. And by doing a mold sabbatical, you have, um, you know, you've, you've uncovered a treasure trove of health improvement if you know what to do next. And I don't totally want to go into what to do next in this podcast or else it will get too long. Um, but I just want to emphasize the importance of doing a mold sabbatical, and it's not that hard to do. You can buy some camping gear um, for a few hundred bucks, or if you aren't comfortable camping, you can get some new clothes and go to a hotel. Um, it's, you know, in my opinion, it's better to do it a little bit away from your hometown or your neighborhood if you can, because sometimes 
entire areas are affected by the same mold. But you guys, this can be pretty easy. I mean, you can find a new hotel that was just recently built. New buildings aren't always gonna be mold-free, but they're usually a little bit safer than old buildings. You can find a nice new hotel, maybe like a Holiday Inn Express or something. Um, some people on the Mold Avoiders group have recommendations for which hotel chains seem to be less moldy. You can buy $100 worth of new clothes at Walmart, take your laptop, you know, do whatever you gotta do, rent a car, and off you go. And you spend a week or two there, and then you come back to your house. So people who complain that, you know, it's too hard or I don't want to do it, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, if you're going to go see a doctor, you're probably going to have to do the same thing, travel and stay at a hotel, only this has no other expenses. You don't have to pay for treatments or a doctor or anything like that. So I'm going to suggest that anybody who thinks they have a mold problem seriously consider doing a mold sabbatical and you should read the book, A Beginner's Guide to Mold Avoidance, which has a lot more details on doing a mold sabbatical. And people who think they have mold who are not willing to do this are really severely limiting themselves in recovering and in gaining the toolbox necessary to get on the road to recovery. Mold is not a problem you can solve in our modern world where we order things on Amazon and we, you know, order fancy test kits and we do fancy air purifiers that's the reason you guys why so many people are not getting better from this because they're in this paradigm of i'm going to go to the pharmacy i'm going to order you know stuff on amazon i'm going to buy an air purifier and i don't blame you for being in that paradigm that's the way we live in our modern world um that's why people aren't getting better from this because you have to think outside the box a little bit you have to do it differently than normal treatments you have to move your body away from the bad stuff that means the bad clothing the bad house the bad car because this cross-contamination gets all over everything that you touch and that you are in so this is not about seeing a doctor buying a test kit ordering a supplement going to the pharmacy it's not any of that stuff it's about taking your body and putting it somewhere different away from stuff that you interact with on a daily basis that's the first step of this journey um, there are many more steps but if you don't start there at that step then you're just making life harder and you're going to have a lot more difficulty succeeding with this so I'm Brian Rosner with Biomed Publishing Group Check out my new book, Lyme Disease Supercharged. It's all about mold avoidance. And please remember, I am not a doctor. I am a fellow uh, health patient and someone who is recovering from mold illness myself. Okay, guys, thank you. Hey, just a quick epilogue or uh, modification. In this podcast, I mentioned that you can just go get a hotel room and take your laptop so you have something to do, but I want to correct that. You actually should definitely not take your laptop. Items like laptops can be contaminated enough that they ruin the uh, benefit of the sabbatical. So take absolutely as little as you can, and that would include a laptop.